0: Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the 12th episode of the FPL Optimize podcast. This has already become my favorite activity of the week, recording a podcast with Sir Top. As you know from previous episodes, this is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sir Top, the data scientist. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. And it's a big week as we really need to get our teams ready now before the Premier League kicks off on Friday. I thought my team was already uh, locked last week. I mentioned it in the podcast. But to be honest, I still find myself tweaks every day, uh, mostly based on all the great content that is being shared by many of the FBL content producers, either in podcast or on Twitter. So kudos to all of you. It's great content. But at the same time it leaves me with doubts all the time <laughs> and it forces me to make changes so i hope after today that i can finally lock my team and for that i'm sure certop will uh, provide a lot of information and will provide help um, i will also do my best to give some final advice and as always we will be using data and analytics for it these are the final days as i mentioned before the game week 1 deadline there's a lot of content being posted and from our side, uh, we will mostly focus on the data to be different uh, and also to give you this additional perspective. A few things you can expect in this episode, we will be talking about optimal formations in quite some detail to give you all the options there. We will be talking about the best captain options based uh, on the predicting points for the first game weeks. We'll also talk a little bit about the latest transfer news and Surtop will reveal the optimal team. So Surtop, before we start, how ready is your team now at this stage? Is it almost locked or are you still waiting until the final day?
1: To be honest, I have just started seriously looking at my team. My earlier attempts were with the available models at the time, which were subject to bigger changes as the friendlies okay. were going on. Yeah. Uh, but as of today, review has released his premium model so I need to just sit down and tinker a little bit more. I will certainly keep playing with it until the final day because that's how I usually do it. I wait until the deadline yeah. so that I know more about the teams, any potential leagues. But yeah, I can say I'm at the early stages of finding my draft. So how does it look for you, Buzz?
0: Yeah, you know, as I mentioned a week ago, I said my team was quite locked, but uh, I was, I must really come back on that statement as, as I keep making changes. And I had to think about one of the advisors, which uh, the FPL, the FPL general, was giving in his podcast. He said, "Don't start too early with making your first drafts because, yeah, you will find that you will keep making changes. It's probably better, like you are doing, sort of, just yeah. wait a bit longer and then, uh, you know, just make a few drafts and uh, get done with it." Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I was on a formation with one attacker, but I've added a second one now to get a bit more balance in my team. And all the time I was on uh, Robertson as my third Liverpool option. But after the weekend, uh, I started to consider going with Darwin. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, (laughs) it keeps going back and forth. But I was thinking earlier today, you know, all the time I've been thinking I want a strong defense with Robertson. So I'll probably stick to that option. Um, Yeah, and during all that time, there are basically three players who didn't leave my team in any of my drafts, and those were Salah, Trent, and Cancelo. so those those will be there no matter what, the rest is still up for debate, but as last week, I think I'm close to a final team now. Yeah, but I, yeah, also, as you know, you know, I don't want to pretend to be an FPL expert. I never really won the game. And I, in fact, I never made it to the top 100k. I transparently mentioned that in one of the, the first episodes. Uh, you know, I'm really doing my best to represent all of us casual managers trying to learn about the game and trying to improve year by year. And having said that, though, you know, I took inspiration from the two, the top two managers from last year. As like me, they never really had a great season in FBL yet. And then suddenly they were competing for the top spot, and one of them even won it. So you never know. And I do feel better prepared than ever for a big part thanks to doing this spot uh, with you. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for some help again, Sir Top. And let's start with the first point, which is about the formation. So as I mentioned, I was for a long time considering to go with a four-five-one or a 5-4-1, so, you know, quite heavy on the, the defense and also in the midfield. But it feels a bit better now to have more balance with a second attacker. So, you know, it could be then a 4-4-2 or maybe also a 5-3-2. Um, that, that's the two main options I'm, I'm looking at. But I was wondering, you know, what, what is the data saying about this? Are there certain, certain formations that are more optimal than others?
1: Yeah, we will talk about the optimal team itself, but this year it seems yeah. like a heavy defense is being favored by the data. It was partly okay. the case last season too. And yeah. when I yeah. checked the the optimal team right after the release, it looked like a 5-4-1 formation is optimal for 8 game weeks uh, in a no-scheduled transfer plan. So no future transfer is planned in this uh, optimal uh, plan. Yeah. So... I mean, I understand that there is some desire for going for a more balanced squad, but when we are solving the optimization, when we are using optimization, it doesn't have a really uh, an idea about balance. So it tries to find the players with the highest projected points and puts them into your lineup mm-hmm. and or in your squad so that it can maximize total. And I can already feel some of people are raising their eyebrows when uh, when they <laughs> hear about the idea of going with five defenders. But, yeah, yeah. I feel like defender pricings were a little bit weird this season. So there are lots of relatively like cheaper premium options which are accessible. I mean, Alexander Arnold is also a no-brainer, for example. And I'm actually surprised that his ownership is not you know higher than other options. But, yeah, to give some idea, 5-4-1 squad is giving me a 298.7 score by the solver. Just to refresh our memory, so what this means is, so so the solver works based on an objective score, which includes projected points of players, and also some additional metrics, like how good the bench is, and it also gives uh, some reward for carrying or rolling your free transfer, and also applies a DK. So that early game weeks are more important than future game weeks, like uh, game weeks that are far in the future. And so if I disable or ban any 5 defender formations for the entire horizon, so the best it gives me four four two with objective score of 298. So as you see it is very close, you are only losing 0.3% uh, if you ban any 5 defender formations. So it's not a huge amount, so as you see. However, if I force Solver to give me only 3 defender formations, so this score drops to 295.8 and uh, by the way, that's three-four-three for three formation. So it is almost 1% away from optimal. So it roughly means you will be losing 6 points uh, behind the best possible scenario after 8 game weeks. So one thing I need to mention here is so you might hear that okay I mean losing 6 points in 8 game weeks is not that important so why would I care if it, in a game with so much variance. So so you need to understand that this is the average so it could be more, more than 6 points it could be less than 6 points so it could be even the other way around so we don't know but since this is the average so and variance goes both ways right so if your mean is higher so your potential upside is also higher like or i should say that we don't measure variance here but we are only focusing on the average case so it says that if we repeat this eight game week maybe 100 times in average you will be behind six points behind but it could be more or less so but at least, like, if you are trying to follow what stats are telling us at this point, you can stay away from three defenders. But I think four, four, two is a good alternative.
0: All right. Okay. Well, good food for thought. And um, also, in in many of the drafts shared uh, on Twitter, I could see a lot of people considering uh, going on heavy on the defense. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm planning to do the same. So it's good to know that this plan is being backed up by the data. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, as mentioned, let's spend most of the time today going through some of those optimized formations um, based on the, the, the predicted points as, as they are today. But before doing that, I'll take a quick look again through the transfer window to make sure we won't be disregarding any of the options available to us. So in this transfer section, similar to previous episodes, we're keeping track of the most interesting confirmed transfers in and out to potentially identify some um, targets for our FPL teams. Um, I went through the news again, and here are a few recent ones that stood out to me in alphabetical order by team. And there aren't too many actually this week. And it's the first time I won't mention Arsenal. Uh, The Gunners have been really busy as we know during this transfer window, but there was no additional news during last week. So, yeah, well, I did mention Arsenal, but <laughs> I'm not mentioning them uh, because of any new transfers. Mm-hmm. The only team actually I'm mentioning today is Man United. They signed uh, Lisandro Martinez from uh, Ajax Amsterdam. So, yeah, the manager, Eric Ten Hag, uh, he knows him pretty well. It's, it's his former club. And Ajax received 57 million for the Argentinian defender. He's priced 4.5 million in FPLs, so but that's quite cheap. Um, but I don't think he gets much involved in the attack so I think if you're considering a Man United defensive option, you might find more value in, in Dalot or Malacia playing as, as wing backs uh, probably. So yeah, and as I mentioned, I think that that's the only one transfer I wanted to, to, to mention. Uh, it shows that we're quite close to the start of the season as all the teams tried to get their new players in earlier. But for sure, we'll still hear more movement or we'll see more movement during the coming weeks. You know, some players will find themselves not being included in the first team and they will then start to look for options to get sold or to get loaned out. Uh, And, you know, there will also be some teams losing points during the first weeks who will then still be looking to add players to strengthen their squad. So I'm sure there will be more transfer news before the market closes at the end of August. And as you can expect, we will keep you updated here in this podcast. So certop let's move to the most important section. As I mentioned already before, let's go through some of the optimized themes. Um, so first of all, to understand, um, please tell us, have you been updating your model now with the latest available data?
1: Yes, true. So I have updated my uh, data and solver, but there will be yeah. a period of tuning optimization parameters. again just to refresh so an automated framework like my solver needs parameters about how to evaluate certain additional metrics for example if i give you two teams two different drafts with very similar expected projected points but only difference being with one with 0.5 in the bank the other one doesn't Mm -hmm. Um, so how would you pick between those two So Hmm. Solver needs to have a definite answer to that question. You can't really say, well, sometimes this one, sometimes this one, so there should be a winner. So the question is, how would you translate 0.5 in the bank in terms of projected points or predicted points? So what's the value of having that extra money so that it can benefit you in the long term? So to answer this question, we usually look at the previous seasons to see How much carrying that extra money will help us to optimize our uh, teams. And I did it for last season using this the season before that. So it is from 2020-21 season. And I was using 0.1 points per 1 million in the bank. So it's very low. And also 1.5 points for each rolled free transfer. So, based on earlier tests, and one notably from Fantasy Football Trout, it is FF underscore Trout on Twitter. So, it should be around 0.4 points per 1 million in the bank this season, so it's much higher. Uh, it's a major change in my opinion, but I haven't played around to see if that value is same for my solver too. But yeah, I will talk yeah. about the results with using the default settings today.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I think in general, uh, you know, it's mentioned, I think we mentioned it and it's also mentioned in many other podcasts that it's it's recommended to keep that half a million in the bank, especially uh, for game week one. As uh, yeah, there are, there are always a lot of price uh, changes, especially during the first couple of weeks. So, you know, if you want to uh, have some flexibility to move to other players without having to uh, go for true transfers at the same time, you know, it always helps to keep that half a million in the bank. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I understand that that's uh, being considered in the solver as well. It's good to know. So with with that with that in mind, what does it uh, how does it look like then for the optimal team?
1: Mm-hmm. And just to add to that, so you can either yeah. give a value to those extra in the bank, or you can give it as a constraint. You can ask solver to leave 0.5 in the bank for sure, no right. matter what. Right. Yeah, okay. so those yeah. are some of the options. Okay. Yeah. But using default parameters I have an 8 game week no future transfer schedule team uh, looks like this. So we have Ederson in uh, the goal and James, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo and Diaz in defense. Odegaard, Saka, Mount, Salah in midfield and uh, Jesus as the single forward. And here our bench are Hennessy, Andreas, Taylor and Archer but as you see so none of these bench players actually come to the lineup during this eight game week period so this lineup stays for the entire uh, horizon right so so as you have noticed so we have ederson in goal with two other yeah. city defenders so it's a triple city uh, defender plan yeah. so which is interesting and also uh, i know that you you have also mentioned people are a little bit between like thinking about what's the third Liverpool option should be, either Robertson yeah. or Diaz or maybe even uh, Nunes as you have yeah. mentioned. So yeah. this team prefers Robertson. Okay. And so this team leaves zero in the bank so it's also a very defense heavy plan we have.
0: Okay, so, that's so- interesting, it's good to see. I think Yeah, we spoke also last week about the premium goalkeeper. Think mm-hmm. I still see on Twitter that causes a lot of debate. I think a lot of people <laughs> are not really so comfortable <laughs> spending uh, the money there. But uh, yeah, for me, it's again good to see that the solver still goes for Ederson. Uh, I actually moved in one of my last last drafts to uh, Ramsdale because mm-hmm. I think, you know, Arsenal also has so decent fixtures and yeah, it's it's 0.5 million less, mm-hmm. but uh, that's, that's still one for me to consider too. And it's interesting that you have Odegaard in the team because I don't see him being mentioned so much. I think most people either go for Martinelli at uh, half a million less or Saka at eight million. But Odegaard being the captain, you know, I think he's he's, he's very secured in the team. And potentially also, uh, yeah, you know, we know he's a great player so that he can also score points for sure.
1: Yeah, so... It's actually good that you have mentioned Odegaard. So when I was looking at this plan, so the the strong side of this plan is so Liverpool and Manchester City they have great defensive fixtures, uh, especially on game week two Mm -hmm. uh, for both for uh, City and Liverpool, and also game week four, five. So you get you are projected to get lots of points from those fixtures. And Mm -hmm. so the main issue of this draft is on Game Week 6, Odegaard's projected point drops to 2.8 against uh, Manchester United uh, at away. And a 2.8 is very low for projected points because you get two points. Like if you're a nailed player, you get two points almost certainly. So there is, as you see, there is less chance of keeping probably a clean sheet or maybe getting an attacking return for Odegaard on that Game Week, which is little bit troubling and also as you can expect all the arsenal projected points on that game week is lower and also another issue is the the game between liverpool and chelsea on game week eight because you have james robertson alexander arnold and also well salah has great projected points regardless but yeah you need to probably deal with those using your free transfers but yeah this is a good point to start tinkering i guess
0: yeah okay well that's great and if people want to take a look, is, is this information also available on, on uh, your website, fploptimize.com, or are you maybe sharing it on Twitter? So,
1: I, am, I generate these cards using my solver, so people can go to mm. GitHub, download it, and try to run it by themselves. Oh, okay. So, on the website, no. I provide some of the uh, like simpler plans using some pre-selected parameters. Some of these cards will differ from what I share on the website. Uh, okay. But yeah, they can go and check those okay. uh, optimus guys on fploptimize.com too.
0: Well, that's good. Now we have some unique content here in the podcast. It's mm-hmm. even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was one of the formation. Let's look at some other ones. Um, what are some settings you have tried out, uh, Sir sort of, And and what parameters can you change to get different teams?
1: So as I mentioned, we are giving some weight to bench so that we are actually giving a reward uh, based on how good your bench is. Potentially because there is a chance that they will come uh, handy if one of your players gets injured or whatever. So when I did that, actually it gave me the same team. And I also tried setting my DK base to 1. So what it means is I give same value to long-term points as the close term points so there's i'm saying that there's no difference between getting points on game week eight or game week one although a DK, having a dk is always a good idea because projections will change as we go ahead so we will learn more about teams and etc so but so even if i set dk based to one again it gives me the same same team but i tried just the other way around what if I give more value or more importance to game weeks that is right in front of us, like game week one, two, and then aggressively dropping it so that you can deal with future game weeks with your using your free transfers, maybe? And it gives me a slightly different team. So we, again, we have Ederson in goal, and we have Alexander Arnold, diaz as as the same, but we have Gabriel and Digne. On defense and on the midfield, we have Martinelli instead of Odegaard and Luis Diaz uh, instead of Mount. And as a single forward, we have Kane. So as you see, it replaces James Robertson, Odegaard, Mount, Jesus, and Hennessy with Gabriel, Digne, Martinelli, Luis Diaz, Kane, and Ward as the bench goalkeeper. So as you see, it's similar to what you have, said. So it changes Odegaard. And so that and it, it upgrades Jesus to Kane. So it is still five for one, which is which I find very interesting. And it uses four, four two on two game weeks, on game week five and six, but yeah, this lineup stays for the most part.
0: Yeah, interesting. So the two formations we covered now were both uh with one attacker. That's what I actually had in my previous draft. So maybe I should just stick to it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Okay. Yeah. And Ederson and goal. Well, we talked about it earlier. So Mm -hmm. uh, interesting. Uh, As I said, I think, yeah, you could also look at five million, just half a million less. There are interesting options there, like Ramsdale and Mendy, maybe even Pope. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, maybe you should just go safe with Ederson. 5.5 million i think as we mentioned again in the previous podcast he's cheaper than the other defenders of city who are you know around 6 million so if you want to get a second city defender uh you can get ederson at 5.5 million so that that's a way to look at it all right um i think you still don't have really great bench options though so did you also look maybe at a more balanced option with a with a stronger bench
1: yeah. So one thing that review does is it reduces future expected or projected minutes based on possibility mm-hmm. of a rotation or injury. So bench weights should go higher in future game weeks. Actually. So, and I use an automated method. So I first solve the problem, and then I calculate how important bench will be in future game weeks based on this uh, drop in projected minutes. Yeah. And I actually have an episode in. Uh, in my YouTube tutorials on this topic, so when I saw it using the automated weights, actually it may it makes a few changes. So it is Ederson in the goal again. Yeah. Okay. James Robertson, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, and Diaz in defense as usual. So in midfield we have Saka and Sala and Martinelli on the bench for the game week one, and in forward we have Jesus Solanke. And Tony, (laughs) so three forwards this time, and yeah, and for the outfield bench we have Andreas and Reid on the bench. So you get Martinelli in bench for the first game week, but you have two more playing forwards at the expense of a weaker midfield five. And I mean, five to three is such an interesting formation. I don't know if there will be many people willing to go for it. And benching a player like Martinelli might be upsetting to some people as well, but as you see, Martinelli has 3.8 projected points against Palace, while Solanke has 4.2 against Aston Villa, and Tony has 4.0 against Leicester. So it's a tough decision. Values are very close, and I mean, and this is for the long-term optimization, so the DK base is one here.
0: Yeah, well, wow, that's interesting. That's uh, the. The predicted values for Solanke and Tony are quite high, to my opinion, Mm -hmm. because, yeah, Aston Villa, they are quite strong in defense or strong. They're quite good. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Tony personally, I mean, I still have questions over Brantford without Ericsson. I think they will be a bit weaker in in attack, but, you know, we'll see. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so yeah, another good formation to consider. So yeah, as you, as you can see here today in the podcast, we're mentioning different formations, a lot of different names. Um, and I think most of the names we mentioned so far, those are probably, uh, you can find those in, in many other drafts already. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sort of you also have looked at a differential squad. So let's look at that one as well. I think that okay. can also be interesting for the people that are looking maybe at some different options to uh, yeah, have some different scores versus the field or versus the people in your mini leagues.
1: Okay. So on my website, I only optimize for one game week. So if people are just looking for a differential for a single game week, they can check those. I yeah. also optimize for eight game week period again, but this time I took also ownership into account. So this parameter gives a reward to players that are not highly owned and also it penalizes if a player is highly owned so it's kind of a kind of a big risk big reward kind of optimization but again so in the goal we have Ederson because I mean his ownership is 16% not high compared to other options so he still stays in the optimal uh squad and in defense we have Van Dijk Robertson Diaz and Romero from Tottenham. Yeah, so we have Saka, Mount, Luis Diaz and Mahrez <laughs> in the midfield and Tony and Kane in forward and among the bench we have Mitrovic and Dunk as our um uh, two two defenders who come up in the lineup in the plan. So everyone is in in this team is owned less than 25% with most of them is around 10% or less. So I mean I should remind everyone that it's super risky to go without Salah and Alexander-Arnold. They're also very heavily owned. But as as I mentioned, so this is com- kind of taking a risk saying that if Salah and Alexander-Arnold blank, then with a squad like this, you can actually have a big upside in the earlier game weeks. Especially, so this could be even an interesting idea if you are thinking of Wild carding early, so maybe taking a risk for a short time period, but yeah I usually leave my risk options to late season, but this is a preference, I guess
0: Yeah, I understand and I think um Personally, I'm thinking a bit about the, se- the same about it taking a balanced approach um, I think you know as you said differentials can allow you to win some ground against the field mm. but on the other hand, you know if everybody has uh, the popular picks and they will do well, and you don't have any, then of course you'll be quickly left behind. So, yeah, as many managers recommend, it's probably best to be a bit cautious, um, and and wait with the differential un- until later in the season. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, so basically what we're saying is we're recommending to go for mo- most of, of the team to go quite templates, and start considering those differentials a bit later, right?
1: Yeah, yeah th- true, because I mean, if you go differential early and if you don't do well or let's say popular picks, if they do well, for example, if you don't have Salah and Salah goes and scores, I don't know, three goals in game week one, you will be left behind. And then optimal plan forces you to get even more risk. So because you need to catch up and then it will be a never ending cycle if it happens once more and then your season is over. So, I mean... Optimal will be sticking with the highest projected points until the end. Maybe, I, I should say, game week 29-ish. Okay. Then, if you are already at the, your target rank, you can play safe. You can get closer to template. But, um, if you have a long ways to catch up, then you can maybe think about differentials at that point. I think that's a common approach, too. But, yeah, I mean, variance doesn't come for free. So, if you are taking risks you should be also prepared to go tumbling down in the rank as well. Yeah, and indeed. Yeah, while I'm at this, let me also tell you the cut with 50% expected loss is minimized on top of expect, uh, projected points. So this is just the opposite, the other way around. So you get closer okay. to template if you go with this parameter. Right. And I'm sure many people will find at least a few players <laughs> in their draft similar to this right. one. So yeah. in the goal, we have Mandy with 22% okay. <laughs> ownership. James, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo and Perisic. And okay. in midfield we have Saka, Martinelli, Sala, Neto. And in forward we have Hazus and Holland with forty-nine point nine percent. And yeah. in the bench we have Andreas and Williams. So as you see all lineup players in this squad is owned at least sixteen percent. And mm. some but we have some very popular picks like Hazel at seventy percent. Yeah, uh, we talk about Holland and Alexander Arnold is at 56% cancel at 45% So this is very template, but also yeah, good yeah. in terms of projected points
0: Indeed. Yeah, and I saw that somebody pointed it out today that Jesus is now above uh, 70% ownership. So that's huge And uh, yeah, of course, he's at a very attractive uh, price with with 8 million as, as the Arsenal striker or the Arsenal forward All right Thanks a lot, um, so I think there's maybe one final one we can take a look at, look at which is uh, the so-called set and forget templates or the set and forget uh, formation. Mm-hmm. So this takes the players who should do well during the first eight game weeks, uh, even if you wouldn't make transfers and mm-hmm. also if you wouldn't uh, switch them with, with your bench players. So this could be quite a sensible strategy mm-hmm. as setbacks can happen anyway. For example, players could get injured. So in general, I think it's recommended to don't plan your transfers too much, uh, but instead go for quite a fixed team and stay flexible with regards to the transfers. Mm-hmm. So start up, take us through that one, the, the set and forget team.
1: Yeah, so set and forget team, well, set and forget optimal team is same as the the, the team that we have talked about. So. So the only difference is, so when we say set and forget, is for casuals. You don't even change the captain. You keep everything as is. Like you forget game exists for eight game weeks <laughs> and then you suddenly remember, oh wait. Yeah. So that team is exactly the same as the team that's optimal for eight game week, no transfer plan. But right. I, I was investigating some other options and I actually, I have a parameter that can bump minutes to 90 minutes. So assuming that, all of your players will play, what's the optimal set and forget team? And that's actually a little bit different. So we have Ramsdale in the goal. And yeah, Alexander Arnold. (laughs) Volker and Diaz as the city defenders instead of Cancelo. And Perisic. And in midfield we have Saka, Salah, Luis Diaz and Neto. And Mm -hmm. in forward we have Jesus and Haaland. So as you see, so this is some kind of similar but the only Big differences are Ramsdale and Volker, as you see. Yeah. So, they are owned very little. So, uh, I think it is mm. 7% for Volker and 11% for Diaz. twelve Around 12% for Ramsdale. And if they play, so this is the optimal actually. So, assuming that they will play 90 minutes. I mean, you, you never know <laughs> with the city players, of course. But yeah. assuming that they will get plenty of playing time, I should say. This is the optimal set and forget, and set and forget captain is by the way.
0: Okay. All right. Well, wow, that's a very nice team as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think uh, all the names you covered today, uh, at, at at some stage, they were in one of my drafts. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think I just need to decide now which ones to have in my final one, as we all have to do. And a reminder for everyone, SirTop is generating these quads with his solver. The code is available on GitHub, as he mentioned. Mm-hmm. And some of the pre-optimized ones are also online on the website, fploptimized.com. So yeah, you can just head over there and you can click on the optimal squads section. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one final element we still wanted to consider is also the captaincy options for the season uh, or at least for the start. And I think you did some work on that as well, right?
1: Yeah, I allow Solver to pick the best team every game week without any transfer limitations. So it actually picks the you know best squad every game week okay. for the reference. Yeah. So. Yeah. On game week one, best captain option is Salah. And yeah. the second best is Kane. So on game week two, it is Salah and Holland. Game week three, it is Kane, who is the best captain option, and then Son. Okay. And it is Salah and Alexander-Arnold on game week four against Bournemouth. And on game week five, it is Salah and Holland. Game week six, it is Kane, the best, and Son is second. So as you see... Like, whenever Tottenham yeah. has a good fixture, they appear as the top options. In right. game week 7, it is Salah and Alexander-Arnold. And find that on game week 8, it is Kane and Son. So, just to summarize, in 8 game weeks, Salah is optimal 5 times and Kane is optimal 3 times, with Holland appearing as the second best option in a few game weeks. But yeah, so in terms of captaincy, if you want to have the best captain over these eight game weeks, like every game week, Salah and Kane is actually a good option, I think. Mm. Okay, good to know. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, we covered a lot of content, a lot of names, a lot of data, a lot of formations. Um, And as I mentioned at the start, I hope it could help everyone to lock your teams. Uh, I'm quite close to it, but yeah, I said the same last week, so I'm sure I'll still need the, the final couple of days to fix it. Um, we'll keep the pot a bit shorter today, I think we managed that, um, because as I'm, again, as we mentioned, there's a lot of content to digest, so we wanted to stay to the point as much as we could. So, there's just a few more days left until Arsenal opens the season away at Crystal Palace, and with many managers having Arsenal players in their teams, I'm sure the first game will be watched by many of you. Uh, so let's see. Hopefully our players will be performing. I hope we will all have a good week. Good luck, everyone, during these final days and wishing you a good start to the season. Thanks again for listening to the pod. Questions, comments, or reviews are always welcome. You can subscribe to our podcast so you'll get notified when the next episode comes out. Or you can follow us on Twitter. For Surtop, it's at Bilal, And for me, it's at BelfiBB. Thanks again for listening. And we'll talk again to you next week.